Welcome to Talk Design Show, where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey, your host, and having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening and please enjoy. My guest on Talk Design today is Heather Falding. Now, Heather and I have podcasted before, right at the start of my podcast journey. And I've invited her to come back because we've kept a conversation going since that day. Heather's firm, 4Plus, is an architectural firm that is coast to coast in America and around the States, and even projects offshore. So we'll talk a little bit about that, but we'll also talk a little bit around energy and lots of crazy or a little nuts this is going to be kind of our subject matter and just how residential and commercial delve into these spaces so heather welcome back to talk design it is such a pleasure to have you here and i know it's nighttime there in the hamptons and it is daytime here in sunny queensland and it is Winter, hello, hello. It is winter here and going to be snowing again tomorrow. And it is summer where you are with a big fat tan. It is. Look, but we've had a lot of rain this summer, which is, um, it's always interesting. We're subtropical. So where I am in Queensland, uh, which is in what we call the southeast of Queensland, which is down towards Brisbane, but I'm closer to a place called Noosa that most people have found on their maps. And so we get um, the Sunshine Coast, we get a lot of sunshine, about 330 days a year, but we also get a decent amount of rain. And so at this time of the year is our cyclone season. So we get rain and we get surf waves and we get all those kinds of things. And then in the winter, it'll all calm down and just be glorious sunny days, um, which you'd be used to, um, you know, from a South African point of view, because uh, I used to live in Joburg many years ago and it was a bit the same. We used to get summer rains and then we'd get the winter. I used to be like, how come everybody leaves their pool furniture out? Because they can. <laughs> yeah. Except it would rain it for about 20 minutes uh, in the afternoon and it'd be a dramatic thunderstorm and be over. Yeah. Well, we you know, get, as opposed we, to a cyclone wiping out a small town yeah. or anything. Yeah. yeah, we've got cyclones off the coast at the moment and that's um, just pushing waves in, but rain, just rain. So we might get a grey day and rain and then other, the next day we'll get and it'll be stinking hot and humid and it's a bit like Florida um, when it's like that. Feels good to me right now, but anyway, but it's pretty damn cold here. <laughs> well, let's. So that's talk. a segue into energy and how two Absolutely. completely different climates use energy, right? A hundred percent. It's a perfect segue into that. It's uh, it's great. I was I was listening this morning to I think it was Al Gore, uh-huh. who was talking about just segueing into energy, who was talking about energy and how excited he was that the, the next generation is talking about it so much. Yeah, and right. it was really kind of cool because he said, you know, I don't care whether they're carrying placards, whispering to each other, yelling and screaming. I just want them to talk about it because nobody has talked about it so far. And I'm finding the same thing when I'm working um, 
in um, residential work, whether it's in Los Angeles, California, I mean, Southern yeah. California, Florida, or here, that finally um, people who I would never have expected to get off the grid are interested um, in, you know, for years I've been trying to get people interested in working with very exciting, sexy, interesting technology, um, particularly here where we really rely on heating in winter and cooling in summer, you know. Dramatic. Sure, yeah, you've got dramatic climate shifts. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I, it's exciting that, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking a house not completely off the grid, but we are, we are pulling that boiler and oil and everything right out of the wall now and revamping, you know, with um, exciting, really exciting technology. I, so, I love you know. this as well. Like with, you know, like Al Gore says. With, I, I remember when he did the big tours with global warming and trying to get people behind the thing, and certainly made a lot of noise. Like made a lot of noise, which was fantastic. Yeah. And that started a conversation, which I think you're right. Has from all sorts of levels, from government levels through to um, consumer driven. It's people are, are suddenly more aware and with them being more aware they're asking questions and with that we get an opportunity to educate them on a what's available but also the thinking that's required to make it work yeah and i think that the other aspect of it is that i think people were always a little afraid of it i mean i think it was always a little hippy dippy beads and sandals yeah. type of fear uh -huh. of that coming into their house they didn't want you know, um, the netty part and everything else to be combined. I mean, I'm, I'm being a little out no, there. No, but, I'm, you know, I'm 100%. Um, they, they, um, they didn't understand how sexy the technology can be, you know, <laughs> so that, for example, this underfloor heating, um, everybody goes, electric underfloor heating, Heather. Well, it's, it's warming the entire structure of your house. Yeah. And it's molecular. So if sunlight hits it, it doesn't hit the area. It 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 goes away, and it you know, and it malik and 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 the guy sitting in Missouri is able to see what's happening if there's a fault in our system, because he you know he he can um, connect to it, and we can connect to it, so we understand. So we're not heating air anymore; we're heating the floor. And yes, it's electric, but it's low voltage, and it's cozy and emotionally fabulous. And so all of a sudden, if you can use it and you can put it under a wood floor you can put it under the joists and it's you can staple through it and it's paper thin and you know it's just the thing about it it just makes it accessible and cozy and exciting and you know um not cumbersome no maintenance put it in mm -hmm. and you're done mm -hmm. you know and, and so, even to the point where like you live in a climate like florida um, where you don't necessarily need that, but if you can put that into your bathrooms or something, and maybe on a bathroom wall as well as on a bathroom floor, you can make that space dry out very quickly, like you with using very very low amount of energy. No, but in yeah. Florida, it's you know it's the reverse, um, which is what we have to have here too. And then you get into the whole VRF system, which uh -huh. finally I'm not listening to every you know, um, subcontractors saying to me, oh, no, we don't do that. We like a big old, you know, central system with darts going through the whole place. So, you know, the VR, VRF system means everything's zoned. So, you know, if you're only using one little area of your house and 
and it's super efficient all over again. So you can cool, you know, um, just that section and you're balancing, you know, both things out and they're all talking to each other. And it's just really, really exciting. I think um, one of the other things in that conversation is um, HVAC systems as well, you know, where they're yeah. more based on the passive house principle and like I'm pro passive house in the right place and I'm certainly pro its principles. However, where I live here, we do very few homes that would be based on it because we say open your house up rather than close your house in. Um, and it won't, we, we can't uh, pressurize a, a place if we're doing that. So even air conditioning wise, we have to be very, very um, thoughtful about what areas get air conditioned and when they're going to be air conditioned and, and what how that's going to affect energy yeah. usage as well as livability you know like we often put air conditioning in a home and I have a little joke with the client and say that's going to be the money you're going to question in five ten years why did I ever spend it because you're not going to get any use out of it and they're yeah. like why is that and I go well the house will breathe and as long as you're not trying to take moisture out of the air we can pretty much we can deal with most things through the architecture as opposed to through the hundred um, percent, yeah, hundred percent. But here we have, you know, we, we have streams. Yeah, yeah, we've got, we've got, got to get water out of the air. But you know, my house here in the Hamptons, I put a, it's a little old house. It's like a quaint little old house. And twenty years ago, I uh, put in a geothermal system, uh -huh. and um, it's kind of crazy, you know, having a having a, a geothermal system in a funky little old house. But it's an open loop, so I just put in another well, and I'm passing it through. I and, like that. I'm passing the water through, so I pass it yep. through my hot water heater, and then it goes out into you know into another well. And um, we don't really ever turn it on um, because we also I also have you know um, thought through how air moves through the house, and yep. we have you know we have for ninety percent of the time, and also how we suck the hot air out through the stairwell up, um, you know, out of the house on the second floor. So, you know, a combination of those things is totally, totally great, you know, because now you're using the under, under, underground water to, you know, instead of a, a condenser, yeah. and you're using that, the passive breeze. And then I'm now putting solar panels onto this. So the geothermal is going to have the backup of solar and, yeah. um, you know, the AC, which we so just use to get the moisture out in summer, all balance, you know. See, I think this is, this is the brilliance of um, modern energy usage is being able to balance your usages so that you're not just one thing. If, like you say, you've got solar, geothermal, you know, and then you've got like um, solar panels. So it's a multi-layered effect to be the most sustainable that you can as opposed to being just on one track just only we only do solar so everything's electric you know and and we don't in my experience so far we don't have a big conversation with anybody who is um in any of those industries separately they're all saying well we can take care of this but they're not integrated yet those industries aren't integrated in their own conversation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They're, they're all separate pieces. And in this design world, we've got the opportunity to integrate them for the best outcomes. 
You I mean, we can even add plumbing onto this. Um, you know, I mean, there are all yeah. sorts of interesting things happening with plumbing too. Mm-hmm. You know, and how we use the water, how we reuse the water. Yep. And it used to be, oh, yo, yo, Heather, you're going to reuse the water. You know, now, you know, the very sort of sophisticated crew who didn't give a crap before are really interested. And so, you know, because it's just so much, so much, there's so much more to it. When you live in a continent like Australia, even though I'm a Kiwi, where there's tons of water, water is a very easy resource in New Zealand. Um, But when you live in Australia, it is one of our most scarce resources. However, if you looked at your bills that come in for your, um, you know, the resources you pay for electricity, whatever, water is still the cheapest. So people don't take it that seriously. When you look at that, this is the thing we have the least of in this country. We've got tons of sunshine. We've got tons of space. We've got tons of like things that bite you. Um, but we, and we've got lots of ocean around us. You know, we've got rainforests. We've got all these things. However, water is our most precious resource that we don't have a lot of. Yeah. Other countries yeah. you go, oh, don't worry about it. Just put water in. Um, but here we don't get that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And, you know, and then, you get into the whole subject matter of daylight and lighting and yeah, kaboom, you know, it's just like this explosion of really, really exciting technology. Yeah, I think that's true. It's so much that um, it's a, yeah, as you say, a kaboom. Like, and what we can do with light and moving it around and making things happen, and that's one of the things with going from, you know, like you were saying before, so you're in the Hamptons and, um with being in the Hamptons, you've got a shorter time frame of light during the day in the winter. Now, we've just had an imposter <laughs> throw himself into our show. <laughs> Peter Tui, welcome. Um, hey, Peter. Peter, Peter you were hey, also... Hey, Heather, how are you? you I'm look- good. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to Adrian earlier, and I begged him when I found out he was interviewing you. Can I jump on? So, uh, cool. I am very, very blessed to have these guys here both together. Um, they're good mates. Oh, cool, cool. They're really good mates, and they're both exceptional designers and architects. Um, and, and control freaks, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not one of them. So don't take, <laughs> Just kidding. Just between kidding. the two of them, they'll take control of this from here. Yeah, I'll be the yeah. passenger. I don't know what we were talking earlier. We were talking just to not not to go off the subject just for one second. Mm-hmm. I oh, was I think we should worth, continue uh, with the subject. I think we should. No. I, I was with um, the Targeti, um, the, uh, the, the East Coast Targeti rep today, mm-hmm. because I'm obsessed with put, tucking all my lighting in some coffers that I'm doing in a classic in a classic um, waterfront house mm-hmm. into the molding so that I have one continuous round, they're gonna blank off you know, some of them so that we have no hot spots, and then we're gonna shoot up so that I light the coffers. Why? Because down lights in this large room are gonna do bubkis um, for anybody. They're just gonna make little pools of light on the floor, and I can't really reach the walls with them. So, because of the coffers? Well, no, because the positioning of the coffers just take them too far for me to wash walls. And yes, I will definitely wash walls because that's the only way that light works is if you're, you know, lighting something so that you can reflect and give the light. It's the same 
same principle as my dear friend, um, a lighting designer said to me years ago, you just need your clients to understand that if the sun was the only source of light, it would be one beam and we'd all be in darkness. But because the sun lights all of the clouds and, you know, and reflects, that's where we get all our light from. So it's exactly the same, you know, sort of principle, you know, inside. And, and, and there's so many people who just want a geometric pattern of downlights in their house and, and, and they wind up doing nothing, especially in a large series. Anyway, so, you know, it's, it's, it's about the positioning and so on. But I was, um, uh, I was lucky enough to go to Targetti's um, factory in Florence. And, um, oh, my God, it was just, you know, it's just so exciting because they do a lot of really cool outdoor lighting. And they, there's a new frontier now. Um, that's going to take over LED possibly um, as a new light source. So they can do a little itty bitty, you know, can. He didn't have this today. I, I don't think it's, it's yeah. in this country yet. But you can go, you can light 100 feet with this beam source. And it will, you know, this is particularly if you want to light a tall tree or you want to be a distance right. from something, you won't be blinded by it because it's a pin spot light that, um, hits what uh, what you need to hit at a distance. I'm dying to know more about that. Yeah. Anyway, and then, you know, they make these amazing, like, little neon strips that tuck underneath gutters and wash the whole front of the house, and you don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. But so I was going through all of that with, you know, yeah, we subs today, and, you know, um, one the one sub said to me, does that light up? I thought that was hilarious. And we turned it on and, like, light up the whole house, you know, so... Wow. Anyway, very exciting. Wow. Uh, we were talking, Peter, about um, energy and um, the continued use of energy and how we've got to get better at it and the layering of energy as well so that um, we're not reliant on, you know, one sort of system, you know. It's, uh, we might have electric, we might have solar, which is, again, another form of electric, but then we also mm -hmm. might be using geothermal or we might be using whatever is available to us, you know, a fireplace, whatever, with heating. And then we've got the same argument with cooling. Yeah, so for me, what, what I've learned over the years is that when I talk to my clients about, like, net zero design, that's a non-starter. Nobody wants to talk about it. But when we get started, and because because I think they think it's going to mean that the design is going to be ugly or whatever, so we start. Yeah, beads and sandals, hippy dippy, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we don't want right. we don't want to do that. They meet yeah. Peter, and they know it's beads and sandals, surely. <laughs> but, 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 but you know what I mean. Inch in there, yeah. inch in yeah. there. But but, but Heather, what you what this. you explain to them is that have you ever been in a house where your the underfloor heating works? And they're like, yeah. And, and you say, yeah, you know, how cozy will that be in the winter mm -hmm. time? And then you explain the science of it and how you're not just moving air that's, that's going to waft away and, you know, do nothing for you. But, you know, and the, the underfloor heating guy, one, one of my clients in the Hamptons said, um, yeah, but, you know, I mean, they, they haven't done it in this climate. And I said, well, you know, the factory's in Missouri. So I would imagine they know a little bit about this. And then, and then um, I said, well, why don't we talk to the, to the company? And we got on the company because I knew that they'd done this everywhere. And he yeah. said, well, we work a lot in Alaska. Does that make you feel better? And, <laughs> and so, and then, and then um, you know, my client said, 
well, you know, where in Alaska? And he said, well, you know, in buildings, but we also do all their tugboats. Oh, wow. And I thought, how cool is that? You know, yes. so, and it's, it's just a very, very, very cool, you know, um, product. But, but anyway, I mean, once they understand cozy, and we were talking earlier about emotions and the whole emotional feel of a house, mm-hmm. then it's, you know, and, and science making it cozy, how, you know, how nice is that, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyway. so I was thinking about you, Heather, today. I'm changing the subject slightly. Yeah, yeah. Um, because somebody asked me a while ago, like, how can you tell if the architect, like just by looking at maybe their portfolio, if they're talented or not, what, what, what's like a, what, how can I cheat? Like, what, how can I figure it out? And I was thinking, look at their staircases. Because if they can design a beautiful oh, yeah, stair, yeah, yeah. then they're a good architect. And then, uh, and, and how many beautiful, beautiful staircases have Sculpture you got? Sculpture of the house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sculptures, and, the centerpiece. Right. It's a so, big opportunity. So, Exactly. And not easy to do. Like not, you know, so, so, so to me of all the things that, that go into a home, that's one of the more complicated, the kitchen, but the staircase. And, um, but it's also, Peter, the staircase is, is also, it's like a transition, you know, it's a whole passage from one space to another, from one use of a house and an emotion to another, you know, and that's, Mm -hmm. what's also, you know, kind of exciting about a staircase, you know? Yeah, I hate to do the same staircase twice. You know, I love to, to you know, to, to feel the house and then, you know, like really make that transition interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, and it's just as, anyway, I, I you know, I, I'm such a huge fan of your work, Heather. And, oh, thank you. And, oh, and me, you, I, I miss talking to you so much. Yeah, Kurt might likewise. even be joining us shortly. He's, yeah, he, awesome. yeah, yeah, he, he's on a call with the design crew review um, right now, but he said no, he I, would at least try to get on and say hello. That'd be awesome. I want to go that, back. That would be, that'd be great. I want to go back so, to what Peter just said there with staircases yeah. and then your comment, um, Heather, with, oh, I hate to do the same one twice. So if we, if we, if we, delve into your work we'll find many staircases i'm sure which that's I all i wanted to put on my portfolio actually yeah. i wanted to do staircases which, which i know as well and i've got this some um, I've, I've obviously looked and i've got this friend from uh, austin texas who once did a slide in the house and awesome. um awesome and it is and he said though but you only have to do one slide and then you're the slide guy you know and um <laughs> Getting getting variation in the slide gets more tricky as he has to keep producing yeah. different ones, you know. Because doesn't again, the talk show host have one of those for his kids, Peter? Do you know the, the talk show host that I mean? One of them late night guys. I love oh, like Seth Meyers or somebody. Who did you Sorry? say? It's like a Colbert or Seth Meyers, somebody like that. No, yeah, it, uh, um, no, it's um, the, the one on NBC. Um, um, Anyway, he and his kids, when, when during the pandemic, he was recording up in the attic and his kids would be there. And at the end of the show, they would all go down the slide to the, to the oh. floor below. I, I, I mean, I don't watch them that often, but and I, I don't watch him that often, but I just saw that once and I was like, how cool is that? You know, yeah. Yeah. so. 
I'm yeah, I mean, and staircases also, they make these opportunities for crazy spaces underneath them. And um, one time I did a stair and she said, I never want to go to the basement, but I guess I've got to do a stair going down there. And that, that stair that I have, that's the very sculptural one, there's a, there's a grill on the floor below and a big window behind it. And the whole grill opens mm -hmm. like a door to the basement below. So the basement, you know, so it's a really pretty just sort of um, floor thing underneath it. And, you know, it's a huge basement and, you know, I guess, I anyway, I thought it was sort of interesting. So, yeah. so I want to I dig in with both of you to answer these, this thing. If we're going to do a staircase and let's just say it is going to be a centrepiece, um, you know, it's going to be a sculptural element in the house. How do you first approach that from a design point of view? Like, what, what's the, Peter, you answer first and then hear that. What, what, how do you go, here we go, this is, yeah, so, this is it. Yeah so, yeah, so how I start is um, I, I need a feel for the, the, what I want to accomplish. And then I see the staircase as a piece of furniture. So it's not a part of the floor. It's not a part of the wall. If, it, if it's closest to anything, it's furniture. And um, and then I'm always thinking about, and you've talked about this, that feeling and the emotions that you can bring, you know, because what I'm trying to do is give people this sense of joy, right, every day. Yes. And, um, and you know, so where are opportunities for that? And this is absolutely one of them. So so to me, this is a, and, and I want it to to feel like it's, it's um, like, I don't know, like if it were part of the song, it would be this little interlude that's not really the beginning, the middle or the end. It's just in there. And um, but and it's the maybe the best part of the song. kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's the part that catches your imagination and catches you. And it's, a, it's the piece that you not even the chorus, but it's the piece that yeah. just rolls around in your head. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Heather? Yeah. Well, it's to me, it's just so much more than that, because. When you arrive where, you, where you're going to, mm -hmm. you need to arrive in a central place on that level because mm -hmm. the circulation through the whole building, you don't want to waste your, all of your internal space yep. on circulation. So the point of travel has to be central on mm -hmm. your second level. And so your staircase ultimately needs to land. You need to, it, it needs to land on the ground floor in one spot and the second floor in another spot. And often those two things just don't marry. Oh, and really? So your it job, wouldn't necessarily be vertical. It might shift from there and then be over there. And it's got to wind. You know, sometimes they have to wind and, and you want to turn them around because you're arriving at the front door and you want to arrive in the middle of the second floor, which is not directly over your first floor. So I'm working on one right this very minute, actually. And oh, why? That's why I wanted to dig into the yeah. question. <laughs> so so what, what's happening, and, and, and this has happened actually in a couple of really, really, really like one of the first houses built on the East Coast that I looked at fairly recently. But um, in this house, it's an old farmhouse. And I want to tell you, I'm terrified of touching this house. Terrified because it's like a piece of string. If I pull that piece of string, this whole house is coming down. Right. And they keep saying, well, can we raise it? I'm like, no, don't touch it. Don't touch anything. <laughs> because once we touch it, we're going to have to replace everything. And I don't want to even know what's holding it up because I know there's nothing holding it up. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, for the staircase, there's a beautiful old barn, which literally is on its last leg. But if it falls down, we can't rebuild it because it's over the lock line. So we're leaving it on its last leg and we'll get to that later and we'll, you know, we'll build three more legs <laughs> to hold it up and, and keep it looking like that. But I want to join that barn with the house in some way. And then I've got to add an addition to the other side. So, um, I, you know, in thinking about this, I said to Yoshi in my office today, I said, mm -hmm. let's make a greenhouse out of the porch, which lets no light in and is dark and dismal. And let's put the staircase in that greenhouse. In the greenhouse. Now, the, I don't have to make a hole in the floor. And I can go up in a greenhouse, which will be so cool because, you know, lots of light and central. And then we can connect the barn to the house with the skeleton, more contemporary frame, which is really cool. So, um, you know, so that's sort of elongates and makes this um, skeleton out of what could be, you know, just a boring old farmhouse. I mean, you know, sorry, but you know um and so so we started playing with that so the stair you know um but that would the, be the stair can just be this amazing i mean it just becomes the glue that changes the way the whole house relates one floor to the other mm -hmm. and um you know and a million other things I don't really think necessarily about what the stairs going to look like until i've thought through the, the whole idea of the of the of the journey like you know how do we how do we make that journey and then i'm like oh god do we have to do the same old mule post and spindles and blah 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 or can we you know can we please do something you know really cool mm -hmm. so you know and and unfortunately in classic houses it's really hard to persuade anybody out of that mule post and spindles you know so Anyway, when you're saying that because you've got a classic house that is existing, and yeah. so because it's an existing classic house, you've you've got to play the 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 game with it, and you're going to a classic barn which is existing, so therefore classic would be the the, the kind of the the first thought pattern that everybody jumps to, as opposed to you know putting um, glass. Now this greenhouse, I'm, the greenhouse, I want to do a cast iron stair. Totally. I do not want to do oh. anything classic. And I think these are two produce, uh, movie producers, and I think they'll be totally up for it. But I'm right. thinking now about another house, a very big classic waterfront house that I'm working on, the one that I was with the oh. mining guy today. Yeah, you should. And there yeah. we've got the whole classic stair that goes up and it's got the existing spindles. So I'm opening up the whole second floor into an attic above that. There's no way I can do a different type of stair there. It, it has to be a classic stair, you know. Yeah. I mean, it just it just would be ridiculous but to it's not. How do you? It's how do you um, play with that classic stair to make it, I suppose, modern in, in its own right. Well, what's going to happen is there's going to be a light shaft through the middle of the yeah. house, and, yeah. and and that I'm happy about, you know. So yeah. it's like a little cathedral that happens now just because there's so much light going. Yeah, awesome, mm -hmm. awesome. So Peter, with your staircases. Are usually just um, transitioning like from one floor to another, or is it three stories? Is it 
Uh, you know, you we start with the ground floor and then first floor. But in America, you start with first floor, second floor, third floor. First floor is the ground floor, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's any hard fast rule. So, so for me, it's it's again, it's a, a, you know, I learn every, I steal everything from Heather. That's what I do. Right. And, uh, so, so Heather, the, this is what Peter needs next. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> so, so he's about to tell oh, okay. you. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but for me, it's just um, you know, when when Heather and I first met, um, you know, like like every single time I meet another architect, I check out their portfolio, and and her portfolio is magnificent. I mean, magnificent. Mm-hmm. Only I, I ever about, showed it to anybody, right? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what I love about it, and, and she can like just mute her for a second, um, is that every single project feels um, like it was done yesterday, and and it's just amazing how fresh, how fresh and vibrant every single project is. And then you get to the staircases, and they're amazing. And and I know how hard it is to design a stair because you know it's that's not easy. And um and so in any case it just is I I just like I'm a fan I'm, I'm we're oh, admitting it. thank you. So thank you. Yeah. Um. The um. The some and some of my projects are like thirty years old, and I go there myself, and I'm like, wow. You know, just, I know. Yeah, I know. But that's the joy, isn't it? That's the joy in actually getting the chance to extend your thinking and to play at that that level, and then also to work with a client that trusts you to take them there and it never gets old because it's not a trend it's not a fashion Mm -hmm. it is of itself in that space it's art it's a piece of art yeah yeah it's um i think it's essential to not do this you know the i mean i can't tell you how many times in every meeting i said well you know that black grout and the white tile Mm, I'm not so sure, first of all, that you're going to get a tile guy that's going to give you nice, even lines. But secondly, you know, in three years time, it's going to be so 2020 or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's an interesting conversation as well when we come back to this energy thing. Um, with energy, having systems that are flexible for future is another thing that, uh, you know, like obviously we went through, go through lighting, you know, incandescent and then halogen and then um, LED and, you know, it's got its own sort of boundaries and stuff. As we do those things, how flexible is the infrastructure that we've got to work with them? And if we can layer ideas in, as in different technology points, how flexible is our, our ability? You know, we were talking underfloor heating before and clearly... If you're going to try and put that in the bathroom, you you it is a retrofit. It's not simple, but you know again. Well, but these, you know what this is because you can go under the floor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, you know. No, no, that's perfect, and and that's the that's the that's what I wanted you to say is like. So this is how we can make it flexible. This is how we can use it. This is where it operates, and um, yes. yeah, yes. You, go, Peter. Pulling it out for Peter to see, but I'm having a hard time finding it. So everybody listening, you won't be able to see this. However, it's um it's a very, very thin film. Um when Heather pulls it up, we'll show you. So Peter's what it looks like celluloid. 
and it's a that thin, and um, you can staple through it. It's a game changer in the sense of um, you're not you're you're not governed like we were previously, where we would lay you know strips or lay something into a substrate and then put it over. It just rolls in behind, which is really oh. fabulous. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I've been that. in meetings all day today, and I had it out, and I just don't know which pile. Never on. mind. We'll we'll yeah, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. end of so, the podcast. We'll post some um, post some links about it. You, you yeah. supply us, Heather, and we'll do that. Okay. And, and I know you guys were talking, and we 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 brushed on it a little bit. Lighting, um, and that, that's I, I know another passion of Heather's, and one of the things that you know I think makes Heather Heather is the way that she thinks about lighting. And, um, and frankly, after I met her, I, um, I upped my game because I wasn't good enough. And, uh, and it was just one of those things where I didn't realize, I didn't, I didn't know. And, uh, and, and it was like, um, you know, when I was an architect in my 20s, I could design, I was okay. Uh, and I could juggle, you know, whatever, a dozen balls. And, and then I felt pretty proud of myself. I'm in my forties maybe, and I'm juggling a hundred balls, right? But then I see Heather and she's like, she's juggling 500. It's like, oh, yeah. what? And so, what to do. <laughs> so, so to me, and then just, just lighting. So for me, the, the, the difference between the designs that I've done recently and the ones I did say 10 years ago before I met Heather, m- much of the difference is just lighting. And, and it's just the way you inspire the way I think about lighting. So again, thank you. Um, uh, Thank you. And you know, I'm always, always here and I'm always looking at new stuff and I'd mm -hmm. love to brainstorm with you, you know, like when you're looking, no, seriously, when you're looking at new things, I mean, you know, I I mean, the size of my little finger, Mm -hmm. the width of my little finger, a quarter of an inch deep is the size of a channel that gives so much light. It is freaking unbelievable and that can be buried in anything and you barely have to scoop a little piece out of your sheetrock or you know whatever whatever. shower is it can you put it in a shower yeah the the most exciting one is it's it looks like neon it's tiny Mm -hmm. you can do it anywhere i I think you could probably put it underwater although the italians won't let you do that because they don't want to promise anything but anything right yeah you know they want to they want to guarantee it but it's awesome and um you know um i've done that where it's visible and it's cool because it's just as this little band but Mm -hmm. you know right now at this big classic house i was looking at putting it behind the gutter so it's just like a little line just behind the gutter all the way along the front of the house on the overhang Mm -hmm. and now i'm lighting the whole front of the house and you can get it in a 30 degree, a 270 degree, whatever you want. So you don't have to burn the side of your house with light. You can do a 30 degree, which is going to just uh, give you. Uh, just you wash know, it. Yeah. You know, just, just wash it. Wash it. And it's dimmable and it's in line voltage and it's also in low voltage. And it's like, you know, I mean, just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things with. Sorry, go, Peter. Yeah, so so the next time I have a conversation with Heather that I don't learn something valuable will be the very first time I have yeah. a conversation with Heather that I don't learn something valuable. It's just always the case. So, in any case, I, go. 
I've got this interesting project I'm working on, which is a um, an office space, and I don't do commercial. However, I did the house for these people, and so we're doing their office. And their brief was world class, and I'm like, okay, cool. So, um, what does world class mean to them? You know, and away we go. Anyway, one of the things that we're doing is is we're doing um, some lighting in there, which we're using. I, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but anyway, it's a Finnish lighting system, and it. Um, you can emulate all different zones of daytime and stuff, but this light is also designed to um, em- enhance your health. So it's actually like in Finland or places like that, top of the uh, northern hemisphere, and I imagine maybe not really the bottom of the southern northern, this Antarctic, but um, it is where they use this light for their own health, but it comes in big panels, and we're doing uh, one of the rooms in this office space is what we call a flow room. And the flow room is where you go to meditate, where you go just to zone out, where you go to get away from it. They they work in a reasonably high pressure environment. Um, and so we're going to do that in there, but we're programming the, the room to have lots of different effects, but also so that we can have that light running with their circadian rhythms of their day. And so then you start to look at the biomimicry of what else we can do in there and so that we can we can enhance their abilities to uh, for the for the team for their cognitive response and stuff by using light a beautifully so it engages them but then b healthily so that it um, feeds them feeds them as human beings. Um, Getting a little into beads and sandals for me, but you know. <laughs> well, I went. To- I mean, you know, some of this is fantastic, and some of it is just overthought. I think you're right with the overthought part and some of it. One of the things that I was exposed to a few years back now, actually, um, there's one of the big banking companies in Australia. I went to their headquarters for a meeting. Um, This is about 10 years ago. They just built a multi, multi multi-million dollar headquarters in Melbourne in the Dockland precinct. And you go in and it's like a massive atrium with all different kind of levels kind of stepping back up from you so like a like a very fancy hotel would have and you would hear birds in there but there are no birds in there the birds weren't real and you would see birds fly by but they would be shadows projected that would fly by and then when you get see that's cool design it's not trying it's not trying very hard now circadian rhythms to me Mm-hmm. are really, 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 really important in hospitals. Really well, important in I hospitals. I reckon they're important with my wife because if she doesn't sleep, then she gets grumpy and then unhappy wife, unhappy life. You know, but just because, you know, that lighting in that hospital room, if it can yeah. follow day to night, can yeah. can completely change the, you know, the, the whole way that uh, of the emotion in there. But, you know, and having a yoga studio and doing all that stuff is fantastic. But I think that, you know, we all have different rhythms. We all have different things going on. And I think we should allow ourselves the variety and we should not use harmful products. And so, you know, that's, that's kind of my bridge at the moment is, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyway, I, you know, I'm, I'm in, I think I'm it's super exciting. I'm a hundred percent with that, you know, pr- um, materiality is something that, 
um, is probably the, the building biology side of things is probably a little underthought still. Um, yeah. And certainly not connected again. It's like we were saying about layering technologies. Um, there isn't a hub where these are all happening from that you can get all your information in one place. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, where do you get those crunched up newspapers to use for your insulation? You know, I mean, it's like a whole pathway, you know, to that product yeah. as opposed to, you know, um, like, I don't know. I mean, it's just super interesting. And, and we find out about these things much less mainstream than we should. We should be finding about, out about these things super mainstream, mm -hmm. you know. Right. right. That's true. So and, Peter, and, and it isn't, you know, that, so, yeah. um, and, and, you know, as a consumer, forget even about the architects for a second, as a consumer, like you never know if something is just greenwashing or it's actually a, a product that's worth whatever. Yeah, tons and, of greenwashing for sure. Exactly. And, and so for me, it's always, um, you know, that, that, that's a challenge. It's a real challenge. I yeah. think it, it's, um, I think I'm with you, the greenwashing is just, scary and it's only when we can break through that greenwashing to know that we are um, getting the right information um, and again but, it, just to go back to the, the first comment yeah mm -hmm. just to go back to the first comment that we said today which Peter I'm not sure you were there for was that Al Gore said, I don't care how we talk about it, whether we whisper, whether we carry placards, wh whatever we do, I just care that we're talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, and he said, the next generation, I just want to be sure that everybody is talking about it because if they talk about it, then things will change. And so if there is greenwashing, I don't want that to scare people to Why? not follow... Yeah you know, the yeah. prospect. So, you know, for all the scam artists out there, I mean, and God knows everything else through this pandemic, you know, I've been scammed on so many things, my head spinning, but, um, you know, we're going to get scammed by that, but we just can't let that get in the way for our clients or for ourselves, you know. Mm -hmm. Again, right on. And it's, um, and, and, and the, the, the goal is a really good one, you know, to, to build a, a house that, a home, that, that nourishes, you know, your body, your mind, your soul, all of it, and, and doesn't harm you, you know, so, you know, no VOC paint and, you know, all the, the simple things, but it's also, um, it goes you, deeper you know, you, than that. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and you talked about lighting and, um, as a, as a way of, of making people feel the way they should, the way they should, wrong, but, but in rhythm with the, the skating rhythms and, the way yeah. they could, yeah, the yeah. way that, that, that yeah. were designed to, working in harmony with them. Yeah. 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 I will tell you from my age point, the older we get, the more light we need. We need. And, mm -hmm. you know, get the, the candle at five o'clock, you know, evening thing, like get those lights on. I want to see everything, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I had one of my early podcasts, I was um, talking with a guy called Kelly Vandermeer, and he's a specialist in hospitality. Good um, South African man. Yeah, he is. Yes, mm -hmm. and um, anyway, he talks a lot about lighting because obviously in hospitality spaces it's really important, and you know things like reflecting light off the table so that it's a soft up lighting that you have on your face, not a harsh down lighting over your yeah. face, so yeah. that you 
so that your date looks better, you know, so that you don't run off. But the, the, to the food is edible. It looks edible, let alone that, anything else. Exactly. Yeah. All these different levels of how light really transitions our feelings and thinking um, in different environments. And, you know, then we were talking before about lighting with, you know, I have this thing where we do want houses to be moodlet. We do want them to transition into moods and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but we also want to be able to light it up like an absolute, you know, Christmas tree if we have to. If we need the light, we want to have it available. And mm -hmm. many years ago, a good friend of mine um, in New Zealand was designing a house, or not, sorry, not designing a house, designing a lighting system um, for a home. And he's doing it from the technical level. And um, all beautiful scenes and controlled and all this kind of stuff. And Which, yes, nobody will know how to use, but anyway. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't voice controlled in those days, but now it is, you know, those things are voice controlled. But interesting thing happened. Um, one of the family, there was only three people who lived in the house. One of those family members ended up with a medical emergency at like around three in the morning and they couldn't get a light set that would turn on everything in the house for the ambulances, for anything. It was all low lighting for going to the toilet or, you know, mm -hmm. sneaking to the fridge or whatever. And it really made a, a, a impact on me. You know, he said the next day they were like, right, we need a set that lights this thing up so that if an ambulance has to come, whatever really? everything happened yeah. yes and i will also tell you you know i've done all those lighting systems over all these years and i don't do them anymore no is it, what do you do i do not do them anymore and i don't do them in stores or um restaurants anymore either so what do you because do i mean whatever you say even if they're voice controlled if if you want to fix your air conditioning system you can't just call the air conditioning guy you've got to call your tech to come with the air conditioning guy, and both of them are going to point at each other for right. you know where the fix is, and and that happens. The light panels take up three closets because you've got to take everything in, you've got to take everything out, etc. Now there is a technology where you can do your three little light switches that are hidden in the closet, and then you've got your one little control that sits out in front of that that also can talk to your phone. And you can you can program everything yourself on your phone, or you can turn that bloody light switch on when you need to, because mm. it's hidden. So it's a cheaper installation. The electrician understands it, and the homeowner has both of those things. And you're not wiring for the Empire State Building, you know. So mm. I just which, don't do it anymore. Really, I think it's a, it's a really good point. Also, when we talk about electromagnetic fields within a house. Um, you know, I've had people on the on the show, uh, Zara Dakota, and also um, uh, let me think, Paula Baker Laporte, who are very much building biologists. And you know, you get into a conversation there about how many EMFs we're floating around with as well, and what does that do to our health, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I find this really like it's a it's a conversation in its infancy that is going to yeah. and then look someone like paula's been doing it for probably 20 something years so for her she's like this is the you know preaching to the choir she's well known for it all the rest um but it's something that now we're suddenly so, so, hearing um and and with with that um 
I was doing something. I can't remember what it was. I think I was being recorded for something and there was another person being recorded and he was so interesting. I got to talk to him afterwards and he sent me some of his product where you plug it into one outlet in your house mm-hmm. and it sends uh, um, a magnetic field or I don't know. I mean, I'm just not smart enough to know exactly what it's doing, but it sends something through your electrical system in your house where it calms it down. I don't know, but it sends something through that, you know, that cleans and, and, and what other way? I mean, it's just like um, acupuncture. Mm -hmm. If you can put into your electrical system, something that, in the same way that acupuncture shifts it, that would be incredibly cool. And I don't know, I don't even know how to reach this guy anymore, but I would love to talk to somebody who can figure out how to use our electrical systems that are running through everything in our house to clean the energy, you know, in some way through the house. So I'm sure both of you know Elon Musk, and if you can just get him on the show, we'll talk to him together. (laughs) okay well he's also south african because i know and he probably does have the answer just quietly he he probably goes oh yeah that yeah we've been doing that for 30 years (laughs) yeah yeah Um, yeah. except his solar panels don't really aren't that efficient i mean the tiles are not that efficient yet so you know hopefully he'll be working on it he'll be working on it no doubt about that um i want to segue from here to um sound and I think of sound in a couple of categories here. And Peter is a beautiful music, musician as well. Um, I don't mean as well as myself. I mean, just he's a beautiful musician as well as an amazing architect. Um, and sound makes an environment and it shifts emotion. And one of my biggest complaints about going out and I'm going to segue this in two ways here as well. Heather, you said before, you know, I, 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 the older I get, the more light I want. In sound, the older I get, the more deliberate the sound I want. Not necessarily more sound or less sound. I want mm. the sound that matters to me in that space and in that moment. And that could be music. And the soft sound too. I mean, yeah. it's so important because there's so little soft sound. And can it be, can it be um, not just music, but can that be relating to speech and intimacy you know being able to talk closely with people and i don't think that in a lot of architecture in the physical form of the architecture that this is well addressed and certainly not in most restaurants um so no, but, i mean it's also the surfaces we use uh-huh. you know i mean miles and miles and miles of you know um cement floors or you know, faux stone floors with no wood or, mm-hmm. you know, um, no um, sound absorption, you know, no upholstered furniture, no anything. I mean, in a very contemporary space Lots without of any of that, it, the sound is dead as a dodo, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are things that, you know, not everybody wants puffy furniture and that's not really what I'm saying, but there are other ways to achieve that. That I agree. So important. And the, and, the, and the final thing when I'm doing retail is the other thing is smell. You know, oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, really the difference that a good smell makes to a day. <laughs> um, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but when I put on some hand lotion just before I came in here, I was like, oh, 
God, that feels so good because there's a, there's finally, there's a, there's a great smell or when somebody's cooking something, you know, I mean. So I've got a story about a great smell um, from New York City. And this is an old story many years ago. And New York City is a, is a smelly city. Like it's a, it could be a stinky city often, in fact. Anyway, I'm walking. Not anymore so much, but. Not so and, much, and yeah. When it's this 100 is, degrees in summer, absolutely. <laughs> so this is, this story comes from um, 100 degrees in summer, maybe not quite 100, but right up there. And it comes from Soho. And the story is probably around 30 years old, 25 to 30 years old, somewhere in that zone. So you're in preschool, keep going. Yeah, I was. I was just a young kid and I smelled a hot dog. No, Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in preschool. I was, you know, a young adult. And uh, I'm I'm walking down Soho and uh, I can't remember which street, but one of the streets lined with boutiques and fashion stores and all that kind of stuff. Probably West Broadway at that point. Yeah, maybe, yeah. And somewhere around there anyway. And I'm, I'm wandering down the street. And I'm talking with two friends of mine who are from England and uh, we're, we're walking down chatting together and we just happened to be in all in New York at the same time. So we caught up and I smelled this most divine perfume just waft past, like wafted out of a doorway probably. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, and it made me refocused everything refocused at that point yeah and i'm i'm looking ahead and there is a very tall skinny woman in jeans and a t-shirt pretty much and sandals walking along holding hands with a, a guy and um i'm like oh my god it must be her like it must be her so i i, I kind of bumped my friends and said I need to check the smell. So I, I, I kind of started walking closer to her. I, I sort of sped up a little. And anyway, um, I, I did that. And she turned with this guy and they walked into a store. And my friend from London who I was with says, oh, my God, that's the body. It's Elle McPherson, which it was. So I don't know whether you know Elle McPherson, but if you yeah, Google the body. I sure do. Yeah. yeah. It's the body, it's Elle McPherson. So anyway, then I'm like, oh, well, I'm going in the store because I knew who she was as well, but I'm going in the store. So I'm, I'm walking around the store and I'm just letting her scent just fill my nostrils. And they're going, you're nuts. So I said, I'm not stalking her. I'm not that close to her. Just like, anyway, it was it was the most fascinating thing. We, we left the store before her and then we went up the road a little and then she came walking up the road and we stopped and had a little chat to her and stuff, did the whole fan-based thing. Um, but I, at the time, I said to her, I said, I don't know what your perfume is and she did tell me, but I don't remember. But that is the most beautiful thing I've smelled all day in New York City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, it was it was just and and when you do that you know you walk into a home and there's that scent of a, of fresh flowers or of you know something there that just alivens your senses and takes you on an emotional journey again um, yeah i mean i when i smell boiling water hitting a cast iron tub i am mm-hmm. five years old in my grandmother's tub mm-hmm. and oh, wow. it just me into this incredible space you know and it doesn't have so it doesn't have to be anything fancy it's just it's such a strong powerful sense it's amazing so for so, me for me it's yeah. the same it's the ocean 
So I, I grew up in New Jersey and New Jersey can be a smelly place as well. Um, but you then you get to the ocean and everything is fresh and clean and 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 that that breeze that salty smell. Oh, yeah. And all this well, but time. again, but but for me that's childhood. And um yeah. and 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 so you know we went to the beach a lot and um and that was you know so I, I can be really happy just with the scent of the ocean. And, and then you add in the sound and blah 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 and oh my yeah. god it's heaven. When we I, were driving from Johannesburg to Cape Town, yeah, the very first thing, the very first thing that we would all be ecstatic over was when we would come over this pass and we would see the ocean and we would slowly, 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 slowly get to smell it. Oh, I, I, I remember that just like you do, theater. It's just, and, and the ocean in the Hamptons doesn't smell like that. It doesn't smell the same salty smell that it does in South Africa. Really? Oh, different. Mm. Yeah. Well, like I'm the so same. Different. Oh, different. Here so in different. Australia, it doesn't smell the same as it does in New Zealand. And I actually, uh, New Zealand, you grew up with the sea somewhere close to you. My, right. Mine is actually the mountains is, is more mine than anything. Right. Right. I love the smell of the mountains and yet I'm a surfer and all those things. Our sea here doesn't smell in Australia where I am, does not smell like the sea in New Zealand, but the water temperatures are way higher here and where I am. And mm -hmm. the other thing is, I think the other smells that come from the landscape make a difference as well in the way they blend with them. You know, New Zealand, mm -hmm. the smell is much more, it's got a more astringent and it's slightly sharper and it's, um, yeah, it's got a different feel from here. It's, it's maybe more muddled, but then one's running at 25 um, our degrees, one's running at 25 and the other's running at 16, you know, so it's quite a difference. Mm -hmm. I want to go back to sound. Um, sound. Yeah. I have to go in a few minutes too, unfortunately. Yeah. No problem. I want to go back to sound and how you guys integrate sound into your architecture for the pleasure of your clients. Peter. So, so when I think of sound, and, and I'm actually much more interested in what Heather's going to say, because it's going to be another one of those things where I'm going to learn. But what, what, what I, when I think of sound, I think of controlling. the opportunity to learn from you first in this instance. Yeah, I, 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 I learn a lot from you too, Peter, and you always make me feel so good about myself, so thank you. <laughs> it's, so anyway, so here, here's what I think. Um, that that sound is an underappreciated, um, you, you know, sense, and that that we as architects don't do enough for it. So I'm always thinking about sound as it relates to uh, the transmission from one space to another, and 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 how to stop that. It's not easy, and and sometimes it's not possible. And so I, I you know, when when we do these open floor plans, I'm I'm always saying, you know, so smell and sound are going to get everywhere. And sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a terrible thing. And let's talk about it. Um, more and more of my clients are trying to integrate their, you know, the Sonos and all those other, you know, systems. And, and I think they're great, whatever. Um, but what I try to do more and more is figure out a way to get the sounds of the outside into the houses. And so how can you do that in a way that is um, easy for people? And for me, um, there's there's a couple of different ways, but but one of the things I like to do is put windows down near the floor where you can just open them, 
and 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 you're you're not looking through a screen, right? Because the 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 window that you're looking through has is too big for a screen. But that window, you just crank that thing open, and and it lets the air come up, and the sound come with it. But the but for me, it's a um, it's always a hope for the best kind of a scenario. And um and I think about it, but I don't. Um, I, I wouldn't say I've mastered sound. So. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I go like we just recently did a home and, you know, I nicknamed it um, or named it eventually Birdsong because there was mm -hmm. so much Birdsong. And um, yeah. one of the things was how do I get the Birdsong into the house? Yeah. And I didn't use any particular science. I just used a whole lot of hokey ideas I came up with um, to see whether that would work. Uh, mm -hmm. because the client didn't know it was really doing that anyway. They were mm -hmm. quite happy just to hear it outside. Um, mm -hmm. But it has, it has somewhat worked, and it really highlighted to me how could I do more and better um, of that. Right, no, so, Heather. Heather, come on, tell us. Tell us how we well, should be doing it. I mean, I think, I, th I, think, I think a couple of things. Number one, think about touch. You know, just just think about touch for a moment when you when you're looking at your houses, right? When the, when there when there is some form of softness, and and it could just be the difference between a wood floor and a stone floor, just mm -hmm. as an as a as as one one thing. example. When when there are when there is a lot of lot more softness than hardness, um, and when there's a balance in touch, there's usually a good balance and sound, just in terms of the overall sound on the inside of a house. When mm -hmm. it's all hard, it's all echo, and it, mm -hmm. and it feels hard, and so therefore it's going to sound hard. And I think our brains work with both things at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the things that was so staggering to me was I have this, like, little hammock thing that you can go and, and sort of swing in, um, yeah, Peter, you probably remember it near my house. I do, I do. And I, I went and sat in that thing one day, and I, I don't do that often enough. I could not believe what I heard. I mean, mm -hmm. I was next to the hedge, and and there's a church parking lot behind that hedge. So it's not like I'm, you know, I'm in some fantasy land of streams and blah blah blah. There was so much life. In those bushes and in that hedge, it was unfreaking believable to me. I was like, I'm in a microcosm just here next to a hedge, mm -hmm. you know, and it made me realize how alive our world is and how little we hear it. So, you know, I don't, I don't know how to bring that sound in, into into our house, but but I bet that Sonos could give us some of that. And I, and, and I know that sounds kind of corny, but I oh, bet I that if we could go and put a microphone at a different little, at a hedge next to my house, next to a parking lot, for God's sake, let alone, mm -hmm. you know, next to the ocean or whatever, the in the environment of your, of the house where you're going to be, you know, where water is moving or, whatever. And it could also be, I mean, you know, I always say I don't need to go to church because every now and then in summer I can hear singing <laughs> from the church next door. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, me. Yeah. It could be just 
the fact that, you know, and in South Africa, I'll never, ever forget the sound of, um, of a Sunday afternoon church service outside where these beautiful women would be walking and singing in harmony and one would sing and another would join in and then five people more and this beautiful, beautiful singing. That was my childhood. But, you know, if I could get those sounds onto something that just was playing in the background on Sonos, oh, my God, it would be so fabulous. I think it would change mm -hmm. our lives. So, mm -hmm. you know, and I don't think you can, I don't think you can, you can put a megaphone on that to get it through the window as much as you could just stick a microphone all the way around their environment and then give them at the end as a gift. Okay. Yeah. We can play this through your Sonos' background, you know, okay. I haven't done it, but I just think it would be a great idea. There's another one for our friend, um, you know, the magician um, to come up with, but, you know, I mean, I think that would be great. And, you know, I was just talking to daily paper, the store, and I said to them, you gotta get a, you know, you gotta play, you know, your soul through that store all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's the same in our house, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I just. I had a, a friend who went to a restaurant in New Zealand and actually sent me a video of the bathrooms in the restaurant. You know, often restaurant bathrooms are exciting. Um, and this restaurant was in Christchurch and, um, he, he took a, a video, but so I could hear the sound. So the restaurant was an Indian restaurant, and um, but produced rather modernly. Um, you know, like it, it was certainly like an upscale restaurant. And you went in and the, if you saw the basins and stuff, they were like almost tin cans with um, like, pipes out of them they were really rough really like simple um, recycled materials and the soundtrack that played in the bathroom was a train station in Delhi and you That's could awesome. hear the announcements and you could hear people talking and that's the soundtrack you heard in the bathroom and I was like he said this is amazing environment to be in because you've kind of transitioned into this space but the soundtrack is the kicker. You just I have to tell you quickly, I did an advertising agency um, in New York City and they didn't have the world's biggest budget and they inherited a space. So, you know, I did some cuckoo, fabulous, wonderful things. But the thing that I told them they absolutely had to do because, you know, it was the age where all the advertising agencies were like knocking the socks off their clients and they all wanted to do something different. And I said, I just want to do your bathrooms. And they were like, what? And I said, listen, when you're doing a long pitch, everyone's going to the toilet. And when they walk into that toilet, we want to knock their socks off. And so what I did was <laughs> I did, um, um, I, it, they actually didn't build it because they moved too fast, but I designed Jane Mansfield, whose voice came out over the urinal that said, you know, what you got there, big boy. And, <laughs> and um, you know, and so there, there were all, there were all these sounds of all this crazy stuff. And, um, and then we, we did um, the um, urinal where when you flushed it, mm -hmm. the sound of the, um, uh, what's that, uh, the slot machine. Oh, right. Um, so like the, you're you know, the sound of the slot machine, machine played. Casino. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can't remember. We we did something um, really equally crazy in the woman's room, but you know, we we had all these, you know, all the old movie stars who, you know, what what you got there, a banana in your pocket, or you know, all you know, all of those fabulous um, things. And they were random, but um, we 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 wanted to do them where they would track the movement. So once there was a you know a shadow in front of the urinal. You know, there'd be silence and then there would be like, you know, hey, there, big boy, which would mm-hmm. come out of nowhere and frighten the crap out of them. And we did all sorts of, you know, interesting design ideas as well. But the sound for me was the major thing where we wanted to just shock them. You know, did you did you do wash your hands, you filthy animal, before they left? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, we, had, we, we had a series of crazy things, but, you know, I mean, um, the, the bathrooms are just uh, amazing, amazing things. And the other thing that you guys That's should that. both Google, because I think it's one of the funniest things, except not being South African, you probably wouldn't get it as much, is mm-hmm. Trevor Noah did. Oh, my God, I love him. He did, um, before he ever came to America, he imitated so perfectly. I mean, I, I cry laughing when I listen to mm-hmm. this, but that's because I've been to the Johannesburg Airport one too many times. But he did the lady announcing the um, flights at the Johannesburg airport. And he, you know, he's like, I don't want chicken tikka. I want it with gravy, you know? And then, Mm -hmm. you know, she comes back. Yeah, there's a flight leaving at three o'clock. Okay, no, that one's not going at three o'clock, but he does it in the perfect accent. And it is exactly the kind of confusion, you know, and, and he imitates, you know, if you go to Britain, it's ding ding. You know, and and he kind of shows up. You have to you have to Google it. He is he, hilarious. He's such hilarious. a wonderful voice artist. In fact, if well you don't find it, it's on my Facebook page, way 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 down. You'll you'll find it. I'll look. Well, so well I, I saw him. I saw him perform live, and one of his bits was he was imitating a white guy going to a museum, and he was making fun of me. It is hilarious. And he got me. I mean, he got me. And like, I was like, how did he, how does he know me? Like, I don't think we've ever met. You're being spoken to directly. Exactly. It was astonishing and magnificent and all that. It was, it was great. I'm a big fan. Hey, well, Heather, I know you have to go. And Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Peter. It was so great. And I'm really, we have to connect, please. 100% agree. We will do this. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you brighten my day. Both of you make me feel so much better. So thank you for that, too. Oh, Heather, it's it's such a pleasure to see you. And uh, and uh, we'll, we'll connect. Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute. Clean, simple, sugar-free Magic Arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a Magic Arrow into this week's problem. Now, I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, If it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. 
It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will. Richard's